um, THMO was just just a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because Toby was able to clean up on THMO, but I like was yeah. not wanting to trade it. I was like, no, I'm not touching this ticker. And it's it's interesting how we all kind of, I don't know, yeah. have different experiences on the same ticker, but like very different experiences. <clears throat> Usually it's not the case. I mean, I, I can I definitely see it in the pre-market. It, it moved up pretty well or post-market or after the market opened. You only traded it after the market opened? I only traded it pre-market before the big flush. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even after the market opened, there was definitely time. There were opportunities to make profit on it, but I just got smacked on like all of the opportunities to give back. Uh -huh. um, I was down like 1700 on it at one point. And then like from there, I got myself back up to negative 800 on it so i made like 900 on that move but it was after one of the flushes when it just kept being bought back up um so definitely opportunity in it just you know if you weren't already deeply read on it yeah yeah what a weird chart yeah that's what kept me at bay on it you know i think um I, I don't know. I think uh, the way Toby was mentioning it before was, you know, he was just basically, well, Toby, correct me if I'm wrong, just kind of buying the sell-offs as long as it's maintaining it. But it, somehow yeah, it's it, only in the pre-market. Yeah. Oh, you're only doing that pre-market. Yeah. So I didn't trade it after that big flush right there. Oh, okay. So, I thought uh, you were trading it after the flush. I was like, dang, that was ballsy. <laughs> like, no, I didn't okay. touch it after that. All Everything before, I, I traded all those dips, basically. Oh, okay. That's I, still tough, though. That's like range trading um, with low volume. I did trade it after the flush, after the flushes, because I got stuck in the first halt down, um, and then it resumed pretty much flat and hung around and then crept back up to high of day. So I got caught in the second flush also, but it, again, based out and started creeping back up. So that's where I started being more aggressive on it. Mm. that's true when they hold their their i guess i don't know when they hold after a flush to the downside it's usually quite a good sign yeah exactly so i get the point for sure hmm that's typically what i look for i guess i just wasn't expecting it to have such a dramatic flush beforehand yeah and then you have to Try to see how you can kind of weasel out some profits on it. Yeah. And if, if you buy too early on the extended moves, then you just have to manage your risk. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been in that. I think that's why I just avoided trading THMO. Like the offering threw me off. And then tickers that hold specifically to the downside really throw me off. Um, I don't know. Maybe I would have been better trading it. I mean, here's, here's my measles, measles returns today down $42. So it was just like, I just could not get green, but I'm happy that I was able to limit my downside because today could have easily been a yeah. day where I'm down $2,000, which, you know, happens um, sometimes yeah. with these, these kind of days. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be down $42. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I feel you. That's what I often tell myself when I'm not happy with my day because I, I yeah. felt like I should just keep trading. Then I was like, man, I really can't be upset about this. So could easily be the other way. Especially yeah. on a day like this where there's just really nothing happening. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I even try to trade like a large cap like Path. 
Cause I was like, okay, well, you know, it seems like maybe SPY is heating up a little bit or ARC was start, starting to go green. And then I, I had, I got green here, but then I tried a few more times on the backside and really kind of kicked myself and gave back my profits. Um, and then we had this kind of really r random rally with the SPY as well, but yeah. I don't know. I, nothing really felt natural to me. So <clears throat> I just called it. Yeah. You know. Um, so usually, I guess uh, to kind of get get into the flow here a little bit. Um, but usually, what we'll do is we'll have like everyone talks about you know their biggest learnings for the last week or so and what they kind of want to be working on, maybe game plan going forward. Although we could leave that towards the end. Um, we haven't done it like that in a while. Although we were for like the first five or six times we did. Um, since we don't have like a specific new major topic today. Maybe we can do that again, where everyone just wants to share their screen for a little bit, talk about what they learned, and then we could ask questions and, you know, kind of see how, how that evolves. And I don't know if there's anything else really to mention about that. I'm just thinking, uh, Colby, do you think I'm missing something here? And then we'll... Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, just talking out, figure out, you know, yeah, if anyone talk. has any lessons. Exactly. Anyone want to go first? It could be even be just about purely today for the last few days. Anything that really pops to mind that they're really yeah. working on. I'm I'm happy to go. Might as well. Um, <laughs> All right, let me stop sharing and enable sharing for some reason. That yeah, I gotta find that default setting for that, but I can't. Might as well talk about the money I've lost in the past two days. Ah, uh, the joys. Yeah, so you guys can see that probably, right? Can I yep. stop doing that? Just minimize that. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I guess I'll start with yesterday. Um, yesterday was my fifth red day of the year, which is great. Um, and it wasn't even too big, but I was really frustrated about how I let it happen. Um, <clears throat> so I'm I'm a newer member on the podcast here. If you guys didn't mm. catch me last week, I mainly trade small caps, momentum, um, stuff that's squeezing hard, not not banks. So yesterday, after all the the week long nonsense with the banks, um, we had WAL here yesterday squeezing up. It halted up. It kept going. So I start to get involved and. I took a small trade on it, 500 shares, made 100 bucks, um, and then it was somewhere in here, maybe on this gigantic pullback. It pulled back from 34 down to under 32. Um, I think it was somewhere in here that I went from up 100 to down like 200 right away, and then like negative 500, and then 900, and it just chopped around all day, and I was making some progress and then I would give it all back and I had gotten myself to like negative 1200 on it um I think actually I caught I caught this short here which was pretty nice I caught this short here and then I reshorted here um because I had recognized that this was a pretty significant level of support here at 3160 mm. um and so I shorted that and I did well on it. I got myself to just like negative 1200 on it. Um, and then I hit another couple of decent trades on 
uh, MLEC, which didn't stick around for long, um, but I made like 500 on this move or one of these moves. Um, and then right coming into the end of the day yesterday, I went short on WAL again as it was selling off into the low of day at the end of the day. And I just got caught in this squeeze. Um, so I went straight back to like negative 1800 on it. Uh, so um, I was I was just so frustrated that basically that I just kept going back for more and just get got sucked in uh, to something that I really don't ever look at or focus on. It's not my strategy, anything like that. So that was the most frustrating thing for me yesterday, not even being read. I was read overall like 770 yesterday, which is <clears throat> well within like a normal red day for me. I, I try to think about my red days when they happen as in like, ideally I would like to keep it within range of like one decent green day. So yesterday was okay with that. Today is okay also. Um, I'm a little bit more red today. THMO got me on this one here and on this one here and I think on this one here. Um, so I'm down about 1200 today, which again is within range of like a good green day. So it's not the biggest deal. It's also only my sixth red day of the year if I stay red for today. So um, very manageable and sustainable, but also it just really has me sick of this market. <laughs> Um, to have two back-to-back -back red days in a row after, like, if I go to my trader view, um, let's see, I can, I kind of use my, just how I'm doing lately as a barometer. So like one red day in February, now two red days in March, three red days in January. Um, I guess this is my first time this year of having two back-to-back -back red days. So um, even on Monday or Tuesday earlier this week, I had battled back from being red. And yeah, this was Tuesday. I was down. Serious battles, yeah. Yeah, like 700, made my way up to almost green 200. Um, Monday was okay. Monday was better, but I did give back a, a significant portion and then made a good bit back, finished with a strong day. Friday was a joke. Um, Thursday last week was a mess. Got myself from negative 500 up to 1300, then back to negative 200 and finished a little over a thousand. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of that type of action in the market lately and it just makes me realize and understand how choppy things are because I know that when when anything is moving smoothly or, or well at all I can trade it really well um, and so to see my results the last couple of days or so look like this um, I'm just I need to be a little more aware I guess um, so I'm in a two thousand dollar drawdown now after yesterday which is okay. Um, looking at my last 30 trading days, I guess, 
helps keep that in perspective. So, and also just thinking about the red days and um, the bigger picture, like I was talking with Ross yesterday, if you guys are watching Ross, he's been red a couple of days this week and just, there's nothing going on in the market right now. And we're both frustrated. Um, but he, he gave me a good reminder. He was like, you know, just keep the bigger picture in mind. So today, after today, I'm, I am now red on the week, which will be my first red week unless I make some back today or tomorrow, uh, it'll be my first red week of the year. And I think actually even going back into some of December. So um, it's not a big deal. I'm in a little bit of a drawdown, but how I manage the drawdown is really important. Um, last year, I had a, a lot of red days and really didn't manage red days or drawdowns that well. Like a $1,200 red day is obviously more than I would like it to be, but it's really not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. I started with 30,000 in my account in January and I'm sitting just under 60,000 now. So I'm almost up a hundred percent on the year. I've done really well so far, luckily. Um, so like just a couple of things that I'm trying to keep in mind as I'm having harder days. Um, they're not going to last forever. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's really just not that big of a deal. So trying not to get too bent out of shape on it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my recap for like the last, probably since like the last time we chatted last week. Yeah. Nice. What a, um, what a beautiful calendar view. Jeez. All right, dude, I'm jealous, man. I had, this has been my worst year ever. <laughs> I've, I've had eight red days in a row. I've never had that in my life uh and that was the point where i was just like oh my <laughs> it, well, it's just very exhausting <laughs> uh hold on then let me <laughs> let me make you feel better <laughs> i bet i can beat you let's see <laughs> <laughs> red day flex coming who's got who's got the worst here let's take it back to august um, yeah, we were talking about this a little bit last week, and this is just for fun, but the first week of August was real nice for me, 2,000, 2,000, 3,000, a little bit of a loss, a lot more, and then $8,200 loss, so um, yeah, that, looking back at this stuff is, I think, a large reason of why my calendar looks like this now from just being sick of having my calendar look like that and figuring out how to make it a little bit better, hopefully. Yeah, it seems like that phase was, a, in a way, a, a good... It helped you maybe structure some of your, your rules maybe a little bit. Yeah, is, exactly. Is, is there any like major takeaway from those days? I mean, we did talk about it in the last pod quite a bit, but... Like when you, when you think about, you know, trading and you're, you know, slightly red or something like, and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go back to 2022. Like what, what, what's that one thing that you think you implemented or just like many different things? Um, like how I transitioned from what those months looked like into what these months look like. Yeah. It's funny you should ask. Um I have <laughs> takeaways. 2022 takeaways here. I think probably the biggest one, though, is this point right here. Um, doing everything I can to limit drawdowns and understanding that you're in a drawdown the second that you lock up a red trade. And so I know for me, I can get really triggered 
and really aggressive when I take red trades, which sometimes is good, <laughs> sometimes is not good. Um, so I really, really try to, I have since, since those last months into, uh, in the fall that I was just showing, I've really tried to be more conscious of where I'm getting into every trade, um, just to give myself the best chance of not ending up triggered and super aggressive. Um, so like for me back in the fall, um, I, I eventually kind of understood that breakouts weren't really working. So I started buying more so on a dip, either off of support or like something is trending up and, you know, you have a profit taking flush or something like that, that gets bought up quickly. Like that's where I would take my entry rather than buying at the breakout trigger with my full position, hoping it would go higher. So yeah. like if I get in on a dip, um, you know, maybe it chops around a little bit, but I don't have to have it go through high of day in order to have a green trade. Yeah. So that, that's been really helpful for me. Um, and then just talking about like being emotionally triggered, um, understanding like statistically, if I'm taking like two or three red trades in a row on a stock, if I take a fourth trade on it and it's green, I'm still only green 25% of the time. So like how many red trades on a stock in a row do I need before I can just be like, I'm probably not reading this right. Mm -hmm. That's so, a really good point. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't want to cut you off. No, go ahead. That's that's pretty much it. Just, you know, those are the main points that have been keeping me safer. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah, you know, I have that same thought. Sometimes I'm trading a ticker and you know, like almost right away, like your first trade, you're down, I don't know, let's just say 100 or so. Next trade, you're down another, whatever. And then you're down again. And then you do have that green trade. And then oftentimes you're like, okay, maybe I'm getting back in the flow yeah. on it. Like, let me try to make back my losses. But what you yeah. said was really good where you're actually only right 25% of the time on this ticker. And like, I feel like no, no green day or like green ticker, like particularly I really nailed, mm -hmm do I just have three losses in a row? It just like, is yeah. so rare. So exactly. you should almost take that little bump of green and be like, okay, I made back a little bit of losses. Let me go to a different ticker, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Especially if point. you are already a profitable trader, like any amount or your break even, or at least have like some sort of edge in the market. Um, like you shouldn't, on any good stock, any good run, anything like that, it doesn't start with taking like two or three losses in a row. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So true. Thanks for so, sharing yeah. these takeaways. It's, it's uh, nice to see. Yeah, that. no problem. I, I try to journal and um, be conscious of what's happening as much as I can. Um, this was while I was in a green streak. Um, this was while I was like from here to here. I, you know, you get in your head, whether you're on a red streak or a green streak, I was, I was uh, at the point, I was like, I don't even want to talk about the green streak. I don't want to even acknowledge it. I'm just trying to come in every day at zero. Um, <laughs> it doesn't even exist. Yeah. The first rule of green streak is you don't talk about the green streak. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or else you jinx yourself. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm red today. Cause I was just like, oh, I'm finally on a little bit of a green streak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I remember you chatted that just yesterday. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's great to feel that way. Cause like, I think half of 
edge in the market is just confidence. But yeah, you know, I too much agree with that. Yeah. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask. Otherwise, uh, Toby or Colby, you guys, you guys want to share? I'll go quick, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I was, I managed to get green today, so I was pretty fortunate and happy about that, but I'm okay. looking at my calendar and I've had, oh, this year it's been very good so far, but you know, I've had now, what is it? Five, seven red days and I've, my red days are pretty big. And, um, mm. unlike Danny where like, you know, his green days, he has $1,000, $2,000 green days. My largest green days are about 600 bucks. So I need to definitely start getting, getting out of red days a little earlier and not letting them get so big because it takes me a much longer time to, to recoup the losses. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy with all the green days that I've had. And I think that I've, I've kind of turned a corner in my, my trading for sure. And, uh, but you know, like Monday, there's no reason to be taking a $1,300 green day. It took me the rest of the week so far to get out of it or $100 green day. And then, you know, back in January, taking a $3,000 green day, that pretty much gave up my whole month. Yeah, that, that's really um, something crazy that I, I know you like have the most insane running P&Ls and you dig yourself out of these holes. And I think you and Danny don't have max red days. And I, I keep wondering, like, what do you like? What is the solution for that? Because I have a max red uh, red red limit, you know, thousand dollars at the moment. It was two thousand, but then I reduced it during this market. So, yeah, like, what's the what's the solution for that? Well, for me, if like if I get pretty red, and then if I'm making conscious good trades, and I'm not just doing trigger trades, then I'll let myself keep trading to trade out of the, the out of the hole. But if I see myself making desperate attempts and just buying anything and buying with way too big a size. That's when I need to pretty much call it. And I think that's what I did on the big, big drawdown day in January. Cause I was just, I got so pissed off. I was just trying to keep trying to win it back. But on the other mm -hmm. days I was able, I've been able to work myself out of a, a deficit, you know, 1,000, 2,000 or whatever. Then I uh, just need to kind of check myself mentally, make sure that I'm not triggered and that I'm, if I'm making quality trades and I'm trying to, you know, waiting for setups, I allow myself to keep trading because if there's an opportunity, mm -hmm. I'd like to take it to try to get back to positive as, if it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Um, we were talking last week about how both of us don't really have max loss days, but that's pretty much it. It's just like, the last couple of trades have I made progress against the red day or am I just staying the same or am I going more red that's the first barometer and then just like how are my emotions am I getting more and more frustrated or am I hanging in there okay um just trying to be like as conscious as possible about like what is actually happening is it getting better or is it getting worse hmm. I heard someone say before that um like really high level traders know when it's okay to break rules. Like mm -hmm. sometimes like you, you just have to break some of your rules if you know that the opportunity is there. Yeah. I think that 
like as a beginner, you definitely need to have like really strict structure and rules. But then as you get to be more advanced, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that just strictly adhering to rules um, can be helpful, but kind of like training wheels. I think that you're not going to have really big green days if you don't know when to break some rules about entries and stuff when something is squeezing and squeezing and you can recognize it and like just add to that position heavier when normally it's like don't take an entry here because it's an extended uh move um but me and one of the other mentors at warrior jess i think that we preach that kind of frequently is like too many rules it's like i can't trade this because this is happening and like it doesn't fit this because of this it's just like too many things to keep track of yeah at, at some point yeah that's that's true paralysis through analysis right exactly yeah and if you have if there's something looks good and you have to you on this, especially in this market right now you got to be fairly aggressive if you're going to make make any profit if you you let it squeeze up just a little bit and start chasing it. That's usually how I end up getting red quickly during the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, like Monday was totally avoidable. I think that was a, that was stupid. I was really pushing for a big green day, and that's probably the worst mindset I could have. Uh, I started the day in pre-market fine, up 90, 100 bucks. And then I, I dipped just a little bit uh, after market opened. And, you know, it was only down 112 bucks or something and didn't let it get out of control. And then got back to the positive. And then I was up, what, $404 at my highest. And then then I started to push in and I pushed share size and, and uh, trying to get a $1,000 day and then slip mm -hmm. came all the way down to minus 300 i was like well this is really stupid i should have been positive today so i i kind of gunned it again got myself positive just barely and i was like well i'm not okay with you know only being like 15 dollars screen so i pushed it again yeah. and took a huge drawdown and was like 1500 down and then worked my way out of that just a little bit ending up 1100 dollars yeah, but that's something that I'm working on too, is like trying to cut the bleeding earlier, basically. It's like, I don't have to be a thousand dollars red on something before I wake up and I'm like, mm, maybe I'm not trading this very well. Um, yeah. THMO really got me today, though. It was just kind of brutal with a couple of those drops. So I'm not really too upset about that because... Um, like I went for some trades that I thought were there that have been doing well for me and it just didn't work today. So. Yeah. Dude, Toby, I absolutely love how your running PL charts look like stock charts. Like I can literally map out price levels, trends. You have <laughs> trending days, you have ranging days, like, cause with 300 plus trades, it just, it makes your running PL look different. It's crazy. <laughs> Even today, I heard of a trading day, and it was like seventy trades. <laughs> yeah, there are some people that'll put like a moving average on their running P and L and stop whenever it breaks moving average. I've no heard way. Of that before, yeah, you got like VWAP on your your running P and L. Yeah. <laughs> you trade yourself. You trade the chart on yourself. Yeah. 
<laughs> sounds awesome. That's ridiculous. God, in, in a way, it's so true though. Like I on one of your your date, like on one of the days, I forgot which one. It was like you you had like um almost like where a ticker halts or comes out with news, comes back up, but it doesn't get to the new high and then it starts kind of <laughs> trending lower again or like oh, there's so many situations where you'll have like a morning panic and then you trend up the rest of the day. I don't know, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I love looking at it. <laughs> write a whole book about That's it. Cool, I like the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it must be super stressful. It was up, you know, first grade up like a couple hundred bucks and then just keep adding to it the whole day and never really drawing back down. Those are the those are the days that I need to enjoy more and I would love to have more of than stressing out and trading until end of the trading day because I'm trying to get work my way back out of a deficit. Then Dude, I don't think I could do that. I do not think I could do that. I don't know. But it's pretty rewarding <laughs> if you, you know, you're draw down like 2000 bucks and you're able to crawl all the way out and maybe even squeeze out 15 or 20 bucks. Yeah, no, that's true. But I would probably need to go on like a three day holiday after that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, I would slay the next day. Uh, I think today I did 14 trades, which is, you know, below my overall average, but lately I've been doing such small amount of trades because the market's so like crap that I'll like, you know, the second I'm green 200 bucks, I'm like, nah, <laughs> do I really need to keep trading? Which is probably also maybe another extreme probably, you know, but. How um, many trades did you take today, Danny? Um, I don't know. Let me see. I'm at 160 orders. Um, so probably like 30, something like that. Yeah, third of that. Interesting. I find yeah, myself in a lot of low. trades and then just getting out of them early just to kind of feel it out and bailing. You quick. can add you can add one to that just now. <laughs> I had a feeling I heard something. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. Just getting a little bit of yeah, my, my problem is like, I don't want to start over trading where I'm like in and out too quickly, but uh, I don't know. In this market, like just getting a little bit of green sometimes. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, nice haircut, by the way, Toby. <laughs> Got a fresh, fresh shave. I'm so pissed off because the prices of haircuts went up here. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's, my, that's last, my last haircut cost three US bucks here in Thailand. And this one was seven fifty. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's no joke. Which is, I mean, really cheap in the grand scheme of things, but it shouldn't. They shouldn't go up that fast. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent plus increase is is kind of ridiculous. Um, I guess before we get on too much off topic, though, <laughs> Colby, do you want it? <laughs> you want it? I didn't really. Uh, I didn't really prepare anything, but. As I'm trading large caps, I don't know if you know that, Danny, but um, it's kind of cool seeing you guys talk about trading because to me, it's just, it feels so different that uh, like for me, the number one thing is that I need to follow, like, I feel like everyone, once you get past like the two year mark, which I'm like just over that hump, but once you get past the two year mark, you can kind of tell that like you have like this urge, like when I wake up, I'm like, okay, I really want to make money today. Obviously every single person does. And I'll go into the market and I'll have this like urgency to trade. And, you know, two years ago, I was trading small caps and I'd probably take 75 trades a day. Last year, I was trading large caps for the first time and I'd take like 25 trades a day. Well, now I'm taking like one to three trades a day maximum. Yeah. And uh, 
it's just I through reviewing, like I've been reviewing for probably only like six months, but where like I'll really review all my trades. And every single time I review, you basically can tell that in large caps, there's never more than like three clean opportunities a day ever. It doesn't, yeah. there's never more than three. So um I've been trying, like I didn't trade at all today yet. I didn't, well, I actually am in a trade right now, but it's just super small size because the market's in a front side and I wanted to short it, but it's actually working a little bit. But um, like yesterday, I didn't trade at all. Monday, I took three trades um, and it was like a decent green day. And then Tuesday, I took two trades. And then like this whole month, my average trades are only one to three per day, which I think is just a huge um, like U-turn from what I used to be like. And I've been... uh the reason why is mostly because of the macro environment. I mean, you guys are talking about it in small caps too. I mean, the large caps are, I mean, small caps are probably still more volatile and just crazy and random than large caps even now. But the VIX went from 18 to 30 in one day. Uh, a bank collapsed after basically the bear market was over two weeks ago. Everyone was like, the bear market's over two weeks ago. And then a bank collapses, <laughs> and then everything just is gone, everything. The whole idea. And then, uh, you know, two weeks ago, we also had like an 80% chance of a 50 basis point increase from the Fed funds rate. And now it's a 0%, 80% to zero in overnight, basically, whenever SIVB collapsed. You know, Credit Suisse has been going, went from 80, it's at like a dollar right now. It has a 38% chance of defaulting from JP Morgan. Um, we still are probably going to get a 25 basis point increase, even though all these banks are failing. What else is there? I mean, you could literally do this all day where there's just macro this, macro that, macro this, macro that. And, and you can see it in the price action. If you look at the SPY in the four-hour chart, every single day we're dropping and going back up. We have like a 10-point range right now on the SPY. It is absolute yeah. insanity. Like if you look at the market depth too, where you're basically trying to figure out where's all the order flow, where's the big money, where are they buying, where are they selling? It's completely neutral. So all these big hedge funds, they're just sitting around waiting for news and they have algos that can get the news like in a second and they turn on their algo and they just slowly buy it up all day and they sell it at the end of the day because they don't want to hold overnight. And it's like, I don't know. I just, this environment right now is very interesting to watch because I just don't, I've never been in an environment like this before. I mean, obviously last year we had a pretty clear road to, we need to get to the fed funds rate to at least like four and a half, five 5%, something like that. And this year, there was a pretty clear road that we have to get it to 6.5% because inflation was still above 6%. And you have to have the Fed funds rate above the inflation number if you want it to come down. And, uh, you know, a bank fails and that changes everything overnight. So I think that the number one thing for me right now is I just want to try as hard as I can to make sure that every single time I'm taking a trade, I'm asking myself, why am I taking this trade? Is the setup really there or is it not? Am I like trying to be urgent here and make money just because I didn't trade yesterday. Um, like all those things I'm trying to keep like on the forefront of my mind, because when the market <clears> is, when the VIX is at 18 and the market's just trending every day. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit if I'll just, I'll take any trade. I don't care. But whenever we're in this environment, you need to just sit back and watch a lot more. And I've been doing that, but yeah, it's just tricky. It's really hard. That's pretty much all I got. <laughs> yeah, I like your point about really considering which, like every single trade that you're getting into. 
I think that that's been something that's been really helpful for me too in the last couple of months or so. Yeah, like it's so easy to jump into something just because, I mean, it's hard to jump into something and know that you're jumping into it because you're like thinking about your subconscious while you're about to get into a trade. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the trades I used to take, you take them because you're like, I, I want to make money and like we're in a front side and here's a higher low. So I'm just going to jump in real quick. And if you have a good place to risk off of and the market is trending higher then you know, go ahead. But right now the market is not trending. It is ranging <laughs> and it's ranging like 5% a week. So you know, even if you look back at like 2008, the crash of 08, crash of 29, you know, all the crashes that have happened, they're extremely volatile. Like 08 didn't just go straight down 40%. It would go down 5% and then it would bounce 15 and then it would go down 20 and then it would bounce 40. And then it would just, you know, it's just really important right now to get in and get the hell out, like get out of the market as fast as you mm -hmm. possibly can, because the more you sit around, you're just exposing yourself to all this unknown risk. And uh, especially in large caps, because like even today, I almost took a short on the SPY because there were all these indicators telling me like the, the VOLD, the volume up down was saying that we're mostly red. The advanced decline line was showing me that there's negative 2000 stocks in the New York Stock Exchange that are red right now. The tick was below zero the whole time. It's all screaming short. And then we're in a wedge. We go to the top of the wedge. I'm like, okay, I'll short here, risk the previous um, lower high. And then news comes out about Janet Yellen saying some shit. And then the fucking market goes up 50 <laughs> points. So it's like, you know, you have to be so careful in this environment right now. And I don't think it's going to change for a while, like a really long time. Yeah, I agree with that. I was talking with Ross about that the other week, actually, about like we're in this market right now. And I had an idea that maybe it'll get better this year because we're coming up to elections and stuff like that. Um, you know, in the not so distant future. And usually, um, you know, people in charge like to have the market looking good while they're coming up for re-election. So, um, but we were talking about that a little bit and it's like, well, that's kind of just a thought. Like we have no idea if that's actually going to be the case or not, or if it's just going to stay like this. So all you can do is just try to do your best every day. And um, I really agree with that point of like, if you're green, you did really well and you should probably get out like now. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw a stat actually that there was never, this might be wrong. I'm pretty sure this is what they said, but there was never a bear market on the third year of an election cycle. Mm -hmm. Not once yet. So yeah. And like, who knows what Biden's going to do? He could easily just... You know, there's no doubt they're going to try to do some kind of stimulus something. They're going to try because that's the only way that he's going to get reelected. So, and obviously that the second they do that, well, inflation is going back up. So, yeah. Right. And like, no one needs to know any of that shit, really. Like, unless you're trading large caps, that's kind of important. But in general, for the average person, you don't need to know any of that. You just need to know price action. Get your trade and get out, though. You do not, mm -hmm. like... Every minute you're sitting around, that's another minute where like Credit Suisse might default <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, Janet Yellen might say something and, you know, <laughs> so. Alex, you're, I can't hear your voice. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, Everyone else muted. <laughs> it's just us. Okay. <laughs> we're just, we're just talking the whole time, but no one's listening. <laughs> uh yeah no i i agree like 
I have the trading economics calendar up all the time. And if I see like, uh oh, we got some big something dropping, it could even be as small as like PPI or as big as core inflation or something like that. And I'm just like, I'm not going to be in a trade when that drops. And for like the first three years of my trading, I never gave a crap about any sort of macro drops. But now it's like it. everyone's become a macro trader in a way. Um, at least that's what it feels like. So it's so relevant that you at least have to be mindful of the fact that there is something uh yeah otherwise you're you're doing yourself a disadvantage for sure yeah definitely I would agree with that too I was never until probably this year and somewhat yeah. last year I was never really aware I mean I was sort of aware but never really in tune or held much importance on what the overall market or like you know economic outlook or anything like that was looking like yeah yeah it's just <clears throat> different times and uh, i'm excited for like to just you know be able to tunnel vision to small caps again but kind of like colby is saying you don't really know how long that's going to be going like that who knows who knows when that's going to happen um so until then risk off as much as possible at, like mm -hmm. at, at least you know i really want to be sizing into like 15 twenty thousand dollar position sizes but i just cannot justify that risk right now i can't so yeah yeah i'll, I'll let it slide i guess um I guess I'll, I could share my screen and talk about my little thing. It's not so crazy, but at the same time, I think it's a fundamentally very important. Let's see, share screen. Um, by the way, who's watching WAL right now? I'm <laughs> short on it. Currently. <laughs> I had a feeling you were trading this one. I, I could have <laughs> bet. Um, I was even thinking about doing like a little bit of a, pullback trade but looking for like an, a failed abc or something like that it's but, tough it's just like it uh, there, yeah, we there we go there we go it has <laughs> there we go. okay all right all right tell me if i that's a nice trade um so yeah i was i was in it there i'm, I'm i can share my screen if we want to yeah yeah i'll, I'll stop sharing my, my stuff is going to go really quick Sure. Yeah. So I'm in it here from 37.54. Um, I was actually short here. This was the first trade I was in a few minutes ago. I was short here. I went into the hall. I wasn't too worried because FRC and PACW were, FRC halted down. Uh, PACW had a major rejection while this was halted up. So I was like, I'm probably going to be okay. Um, but then look at Wow, this look one. at that reverse. That was just ridiculous um but yeah it's been so tough so i'm in from 3754 i'm short from right here now just 250 shares i was in with 500 shares and it just has a lot of range and i was holding like a negative 400 open pnl and like you can see my pnl fluctuated right here i was at only positive 80 a second ago and that's changed $250 now. And um, mainly what I'm looking at is it has rejected this. It has pulled back here, rejected 38 a few times, broke down through that level. And now we've got a bottom set in pretty well right here. But I'm kind of just curious, can we get through that? Um, I'm probably, if my target right there doesn't get cut, I will definitely just cover some here right now anyways so i just took yeah. another 
50 out just to be safe safe sure. um but when it was halted up here i was sitting at like negative 270 on it um these are really hard because the tape and level two really don't seem to mean pretty much anything on them um there's just so many orders going through and like such a mixture of green and red and i just don't really see price responding to what is happening on the tape um colby in your large cap trading how much do you pay attention to tape and level two zero right <laughs> i do i do fully only price action that's it and then i use indicators to help the price action so if i have like a <clears throat> we're making higher lows higher highs and we're in the front side i'll try to catch right. a higher low and risk the previous higher low and then if right, i have so like, like if it's above the eight moving average the 21 the 50 the macd's bullish the volt is green the you know everything is helping me then i that's when i know if it's like really good yeah. or if it's okay or you know so like very technical trading yeah yeah Price so, action. That's, that's it for me on this so um i'm just kind of letting letting it show me if it wants to reject this rejection or uh previous level that it rejected off of and just see what happens i'm in a smaller position and just kind of letting it work for the moment um as a short position <clears throat> which i usually don't short but since it was letting me, um, I went short. But as a short right now, I really don't like this big bottoming tail. Um, but we've got some serious resistance up here to get through if it wants to keep going. Um, and we've got a huge topping tail on the 15 minute as well that I'm looking at. So just kind of like kind of sitting, letting it, letting it work if it's going to. Yeah, it feels like a bigger ABC potentially forming. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, usually I'm so quick to trade lately. Like that that second red candle, I've, I probably would have just been like, ah. <laughs> wow, um, look at the spy. Just well, <clears throat> I gave back. Now it's looking okay, but um, you know I was sitting at like three fifteen on my position here. Now I'm at one forty one. Chopping around a little bit, so I've definitely given some profit back. But I mean, still good to be in a green trade at least. I'll, uh, <laughs> and there goes a hundred. Um, but yeah, Alex, I'll turn it over to you. Sure. Yeah. Those, oh, those tickers, man. Um, that's like the, what, what I oftentimes like to say is like, I haven't written in my notes. I, so many times where I'm like, I should have made two trades out of that one trade where I'll uh -huh. in the past holding for the bigger move, like work really well. You'd get these great continuations, that big breakout, right. but lately you get that 3% green move and then it goes back you're red again three percent green move and you're red again and then maybe there's that ten percent pop randomly and then it goes back again so what i've right. been saying lately is like take make two trades out of one take those profits re-enter take mm -hmm. those profits re-enter and if you miss that breakout i feel like so be it because there's just there's just so much flushy action lately yeah and i don't know that that trade right there was it gave me flashbacks to like all those notes i wrote down where i was like i should have made two trades out of that one um especially if i'm red on the day because like what you were saying earlier danny whereas like even if you have one red trade that's technically a drawdown like right yeah. so when i um what was my point there when i am yeah red on the day i like to 
start trying to change that momentum, get that green, um, green flow, green mindset back, and just change that draw down as quickly as possible and start getting some, some green trades in. But yeah, I don't know this, this market, I feel like it's going to teach me some, some bad lessons once, once a normal market comes back. So I'm also trying not to overthink anything and it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to, I don't know, take too many lessons out of this market. Anyway, the SPY is, is ripping here and Colby, are you trading this one? Yeah, I just took a loss on it. If you look at it though, there was a really nice head and shoulders right there. Like you can see the left shoulder, right shoulder. And I stopped out right when we broke the right shoulder, but. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's just very strong. Uh, yeah. We're I so thought it was going to you up. I shouldn't have shorted that. Uh, yeah. Right now it's more or less in a bit of a trend. You know, we had the bit of the morning panic and now we're trending up. It's a little bit like uh, Toby's running PL. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll quickly talk about what, um, what I've been up to. So I have a little bit of like a financial reading list, some of the books, um, uh, that I think are worth reading as a trader. There's actually Ross's, Ross's book is on here, here, how to day trade. I think this is actually a really good breakdown. If you want like an actual strategy, most of these other books aren't really strategy books, um, but uh, Danny told me to check out um, The Happiness Advantage by Sean Akor. I'm not sure that's right. Um, anyway, this guy is, or I, I'll get like a quick, I'm almost done with this book. I got like maybe, I don't know, maybe 30 more minutes of reading. But the essence is basically like, you know, the whole changing your mindset into a positive way um, pays a lot of dividends. You get more creative. Like it's, it's been proven in studies that you can get more creative when you're positive, you have better results, um, at work and at whatever you're doing. So just implementing things that make you more positive through gratitude and, and journaling and reflecting, um, but also specific towards like in a positive note, um, like, you know, what are three things you're grateful for, for yesterday? Like simple habits like that. I think I need to start implementing. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a pessimistic person, but I think I've been in such a big lull. I mean, since actually it was October, it wasn't even November. I've been more or less flat on my PL, which is insane. And we're talking about like almost a half a year, which has never happened to me. And it's because I've been trading a few strategies. And if you're only looking at my day trading, it's actually positive. But a lot of my swing trades, I took huge hits on those. Um, crypto took, took a lot of big hits on those. So I think like net, that's where the plateau comes from. And I think it's really put me in a little bit of like this, oh, kind of annoyed uh, mental state. You guys probably even felt it on the Discord where sometimes I'm like, oh, another red day. Um, or like we're Monday, you know, I, I had big green days and then all of a sudden ended the max loss. So I, I think it's really important to change your mindset a little bit. And I've been take doing like a, these three gratitude things every day for pretty much a week now. And I've pretty much had my first almost fully green week. And I do notice, I mean, that could be coincidence, but at the same time, I do notice that I'm more, I'm less stressed. And uh, I do have a little bit of like positive positivity that I feel like I didn't have before just from doing these um, gratitude things. And I could share exactly what it, what it is. So I do 
on Monday or like every morning, I'll write three things I'm grateful for that occurred in the last 24 hours. And this gets your brain to start thinking and like, you know, in a very, um, you know, starts viewing the, the past and looking for positives. So you're training your brain to be positive because you're forcing yourself to look for positive things. So I do that very quick, you know, um, and then I do one positive experience for the last 24 hours that I write two minutes about. It doesn't have to be specifically two minutes. I would just say a little bit more detail. It could be one of those past three things you wrote about, wrote about but I just say it could be something different as well. So um, yeah, if, if the three things that I'm, I'm grateful for are like A, B, and C, I could just talk about A again, or I could talk about a new one, D, you know, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, and then the last thing is send a short email or text praising someone you know, because building your community and then also um, like building your social network and then also being nice to someone, actively being nice, not like, in a way that doesn't really matter, just like shallow niceness, but like, you know, telling someone something you feel about them or like you're really happy about something that they do or did, or you're, you know, something about the relationship, like, hey, I'm really happy that we're friends, X, Y, Z. So those three things I've been doing every morning now since Monday, and I want to keep doing it. I do journal every single day for since 2014, I have a journal. So I've been doing that every day. So that's no problem. I'm pretty good at journaling, but now I have this kind of like extra morning section in my journal. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> and Danny, thanks for sharing this book again uh, with me. And I say again, because I definitely read it before. It must've been like five or six years ago, but there were so many parts where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that exact paragraph. It's um, a great book. Really good. So I, I definitely recommend everyone to read it. Um, is the how so of I, happiness the same is that a different book the, the how, how of, of happiness? happiness i think that's different yeah not tau uh how i think it was uh, i think he wrote that but that that'd be cool too. um how is i think it's called happiness wrong i like wrote hippiness oh uh, yeah the how of happiness uh no it's a someone different uh, hmm. sonia but it might be the same situation but yeah, yeah basically happiness comes before success ultimately um, yeah. is also another way to summarize the book. And then I guess I'll try to summarize the next one quicker. Actually, I will much quicker because I haven't read it yet, but I'll tell you where I found it. And before I talk about that one, I just want to point out, uh, there's, there's some good books here, like Ownership um, by Jocko. I, I highly recommend reading this one. Um, uh, there's, and this, uh, The Turtle Traders is really good to, to learn about some more old school traders. <laughs> And this is the blue mind right here is talking about like how the ocean affects your brain. And I think this is why I often say like green mind and like red mind, where like you're in a green mind set where, you know, you're trading green, you're getting more confidence, you're nailing these trades. Other, sometimes you're like in a downward spiral where you're just getting more and more red. Um, I think that's where I got this book from. Uh, Mastery, also really good. Anyway, let me get back on topic here where, uh, so this book, Quit, uh, another book I really quickly want to mention, I have not read it yet, but uh, Ross Cameron was talking about this book yesterday in his like 20 uh, slash five rule, which is basically when should I stop trading for the day? And this is something that I have been struggling with probably the most out of all of my trading in the last, I would say, six months uh, and maybe even a 
probably honestly in the last like two years, I never knew when to stop trading. There'd be so many times I'd be up 2000 and I'd end max loss or something like that. And that happened to me this year, six Mondays in a row where I was up over a thousand dollars and I ended up at max loss. And I've never been so annoyed at myself with trading. And he was talking about some parts of this book where he's like, there's, um, there's like taxi drivers who, I don't know, they, let's, let's say, okay, they have to rent the car. And, and I'm repeating from Ross Cameron because I haven't read this book yet, but there's a section here where Annie talks about these uh, taxi drivers and they ran a study on when do they make the most money and when should they stop being basically a taxi driver for the day? Well, ultimately they have to rent the car from this taxi company. So they're basically like freelancers, but you basically start in a red day. You start, I don't know, let's just say like a hundred bucks. So you have to get that money back first. And if they get like a client, let's say drives to the airport or something bigger, and they get like two of those and they make like $400 right away on the day in the first two hours or something like that, statistically, they're better off throwing in the towel and enjoying the rest of the day, reducing their stress than if they now spent the next eight hours grinding away for another like 20% profit. And that's basically what they calculated in this experiment. Um, I found I found that really interesting. And then if it's if it's a day where they're not making a lot of money, they'll grind out that whole day for them to make their you know three or four hundred dollars. So I think I want to take some learnings of this book. Again, I haven't read it yet, but I'm excited to do a deep dive into it and think about it a little bit more. Um, but especially in this market we're in right now, I feel like I'm totally subscribed to get green, get out. And then what Ross was saying yesterday was like. There are, I think he said like, um, I think it was like five days last year, made 20% of his profits or something like that. I think that's where maybe Danny probably knows better than I do, but I think, I think that's what he said yesterday in his video. And so there are those days you want to stick around longer, but there are few and far between. So if the market is really good and like everything's lining up, maybe that is a day to stick around, but like your default mode should probably be getting green, getting out. and. I think that's something I want to start Im implementing because I think I would be 10 times better off so far this year if I just took that $1,000 <laughs> away because the next day I would have so much more confidence as opposed to being green mm -hmm. 1,000 and being red 1,000, being max loss. Then I start the next day in a really negative mindset and I'm annoyed and I'm like, let me make back my losses. So I think it has these ripple effects um, when you start over trading and, and getting these situations. So. Yeah, that's what I wanted to share. It's more like a fundamental philosophical uh, phase I've been going through lately, um, just to try to break this plateau I've been in because it's been just absolutely mind numbing. <laughs> of, uh, a little bit soul crushing, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last point that you made about getting green and getting out, I think is so, so important. And I, I mentioned this last week too. We've got a guy in our chat room. His name is Manoli. Um, I was luckily able to meet him and a couple of the other guys when we went to visit Ross um, in Massachusetts back in October. But um, I was talking with him about the red streak that I had been in in the fall. And one of the things he mm -hmm. said to me was, are you going green to red or are you starting out red? And I was like, I think most days I'm going green to red. And he was like, well, just stop when you're green then. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, if you day trade, you know how difficult that is to like judge. This is what we're talking about right now. But um, that is what I did really, really well. 
um, all really so far this year is just getting green, getting out, and just recognizing that staying out instead of coming back in to take more trades, like maybe I could make a little more money, but if I do, it's going to take some effort and some energy. And like, how much money can I make that would make more effort and energy worth that? more often than not, or more likely, it's probably just going to be tiring and I'm not going to do that well. And it's a lot nicer, at least for me, just to lock it up and go about my day, do my other stuff, and then have that confidence for the next day. And then if you can do that for like a few days in a row, all of a sudden you're on a green streak and it just like kind of happened. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's exactly how I got on my green streak. I mean, my yeah. first day was like 200 bucks or something tiny, but at least Mm -hmm. It got me into a green uh, phase. So, right. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter how, how big it is or how it starts off. Yeah. And I also, I think like a, let's say you take a big loss. And that happened to me today where my first trade on the day, I took a 7% loser. I just so happened, first trade, boom, got flushed on. It didn't really bother me that much. I'm like, okay, we got all day. It didn't trigger me. But if that happened at, let's say, 10.30, and I just gave back, let's say, 60, 70, 80% of my profit of the day, which has happened many times, that is triggering. That is like an instant, oh, man, <laughs> screw this mark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double up. I'm going to like get it right back next trade. And then actually next trade, you, you're now at like I don't, down uh, whatever number. Uh, so those, those late day, um, let me make a little bit more is is where a lot of mistakes come from mm -hmm. yeah so that's yeah, what i want to yeah. especially if you do make some mistakes end of day like you're just saying it's like well i just gave back all of my day and now i'm red and now there's nothing else that can help me yeah that's also part there's just not that much to trade so how do you even get out of the hole right um, yeah it's cool i like that I think it's it's just like the whole idea of like you can't force reality to be the way you want it to be. You have to take what you get and react in a mm -hmm. positive way to everything or you're basically just going to be a miserable person for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the ocean. Like, you know, what are you going to do? Go surfing, but like there's no waves. Are you going to surf against the waves? Are you going, you know, like you have to every day in the market, there's trillions and trillions of dollars being put in and out. Like you are really just trying to catch a extremely minuscule piece of that. And every single time I've ever taken a trade where I feel like I'm forcing something, you always lose. You just always lose no matter yeah. what. So even with sizing, yeah. like I've for recently, I've been trying to just like, I've had so many times in my trading career where I'll size up and then I'll lose like a week or two weeks, three weeks, a month of profit. And it's like, you know, I'm forcing that in the first place. So now my whole philosophy on sizing is to just let it happen naturally over time and just let it be organic instead of trying to be like, oh, I had a green month. Let me double my size, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 The, the best stuff just comes to you typically. I mean, you have to work really hard for it, right? But then, uh, then you see the opportunity when it's there. But if you try to make up the opportunity, you're... Yeah, you're that's asking. That's a recipe for disaster. And I think that's that's also what I've been doing a lot lately, just trying to force a lot of stuff. Oh, nice. I think we covered some really good topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Um, I think so too. I'm really happy with it. Uh is there anything anyone else would want to share quickly? I think we're just about an hour, maybe over slightly. I don't know. Anything quick, last thoughts? 
Don't short the spy today. <laughs> we'll let Danny and Colby go back to trading. I don't know if Toby's still trading. <laughs> I'm trying to get out as soon as I can. I, uh, I'm going to get to the gym, go about the rest of my stuff and just call it a whatever it is. Uh, I made a good bit on the break through 39 on WAL as FRC and PACW were halting up there. Um, a nice one back on. I'm no, I'm short from 40. Oh, you went short. So 300 shares, see if it can. I'm just looking for like a little bit of breakdown. Now I'm, I just took another 100 out. So halt level down is 38.92, which is what I'm watching. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think that was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, now I'm looking at WAL and I'm thinking, you know, if I kept trading today, I probably could have got back green, but you know $42. Yeah. You take a hundred <laughs> shares almost anywhere and give it a few yeah. minutes or so. And it might be, you might be green. Yeah. Well, FRC did hold up. That's crazy. Yeah. FRC halted up many times and uh, now wow. finally yeah, these... it's going to halt down, which is why I'm short on WAL. <sighs> these companies so, are crazy. That's that's something that I've been paying a lot more attention to this year as well as sympathy. Yeah. So I was talking about how earlier I don't have any edge reading taper level two on um, these bank stocks, but I can see like, we've got two other major bank stocks in the sector that are, they're, they're pretty much following each other. And two of them are, one is halted down and the other is rejecting. So like, you know, what do I think the third might do? Hmm. I, have a, I have a decent idea of what the third one might do. So enough for me to take a trade on it. Yeah, I agree. That's Sympathy so is a big, big power play. That sounds like the shit that I would do last year and I would just lose all the time. <laughs> you got to be careful with your share size and also like recognizing when to cut it or not. Because um, you definitely can get wrecked a little bit on that if you think something is moving with something else and turns out i actually know um yeah you're in for a tree yeah sympathy is usually a lot less reliable and then on top if it does move it's usually very short-lived i've i've found so you got to I mean, be careful yeah yeah sure. you got to definitely be much more risk averse all right guys uh have a great rest of the week we'll see you guys in the discord Sounds good. I'm going to try to be green tomorrow. (laughs) Get green. Enjoy the weekend. All right, everyone. Later, boys. All right. Take it easy, guys. (laughs) See you guys. Ciao, ciao.